Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of The Podcast Was Good, a podcast by the Crimson Quarry Podcast Network. I am your host, as always, uh, Jacob Rude. I promise you we're working, or at least I'm working on trying to get an intro put together. We have some ideas centered around the kind of start of the name the podcast was good, the kick was good, stuff like that. Have some ambitious ideas that we're trying to to work on. I want to get a an intro for this so we're not coming flying in at the start of every one of these. Um, but nonetheless, we, as always, appreciate the support. I won't go, give you the long spiel, as always. You guys know, uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to us. We would really appreciate it. We really appreciate all the support you guys have given us. It's grown each week that we've done this. Um, we wouldn't be able to do this without your guys' support. It's been huge. We've been honestly kind of taken away at times at how much uh, this has grown, even in the first couple weeks of doing this. So huge thank you to all you guys. Um, appreciate all the ratings, reviews, the the support in general you've given us. Um, typically, I'm joined by Austin. He is not able to record with me this week, and... I still wanted to give you guys kind of a quick little short podcast. Uh, I did some research kind of looking ahead, and it's really exciting to to talk about IU football, and that, that opportunity doesn't happen very often. So I wanted to take a chance to still talk to you guys and uh, talk about last week, preview this week, um, because it is October, and we can talk about bowl possibilities for Indiana football, which is just absolutely insane. I didn't want to dive too deep into it last week at the risk of jinxing things, and that almost came to fruition. Um, We'll start there. We'll start with last week's game. Uh, I won't talk a whole lot about it because it's almost a week away at the time where uh, you guys will be listening to this, but there's a couple things I do want to note. First, first thing I think you almost have to note is Peyton Ramsey. Um, I wrote kind of a and I don't want to say necessarily an apology, but a thank you to Ramsey uh, for really making this nine windy Indiana thing have some legs. Um, Indiana needed to win, needed to win that game last week for this all to be a possibility still. And Ramsey did his part. We we talked about how he is a game manager, and he was put in the perfect situation last week. Um, Indiana's line was great, which we'll talk a little bit about, a little bit more about. Their running game was great. Their receivers have been great. And Ramsey stepped in and and did what you would hope he'd be able to do. Um, Indiana had 523 yards of total offense, and Ramsey was responsible for a good chunk of that. Um... His throw to Nick Westbrook for his only passing touchdown was honestly one of the best throws I've seen him make. It was an incredible throw. Um, he managed the game. Uh, second half wasn't pretty, really, by any means, offensively. I think they kind of went into preserve mode a little bit. Um, not one of the. I didn't think the second half was one of the better halves that. Uh, Kalen DeBoer's had this season, but you also would expect that 34 points against that Maryland team would be well, uh, well above what you would need to get a win. Um, 
the defense was not great. The one way that Maryland could really beat Indiana was through explosive plays. They got them. Um, the biggest play and their most explosive play of the day really kind of turned the tide in this game. Um, I believe it was early in the second quarter, late in the first, when Penix throws the interception in the goal line off a tip pass. Um, on the final play, I believe, of the, of the game for him, a um, couple plays later, Maryland connects for a 60-yard uh, touchdown run. And instead of a 21-7 IU lead, it's a 14-14 game. Fortunately, um, Indiana was able to do a lot of things that Indiana doesn't normally do and uh, avoid some of the chaos team stuff at least enough to get this win. Uh, Logan Justice hit a couple field goals. He's been terrific this year. Um, And the defense made a play when it needed to. Granted, it was on one of Tyrell Pigram's worst throws probably of his career. If he hits that guy in stride, he very well may score. Um, I was dreading it the whole time watching it because it had everything about... It it, it was just written to be a touchdown for Maryland with, you know, 14 seconds left. They kick a field goal and Indiana loses 35-34. And that's all I could see just kind of replaying in my head. But we have a re- we had a Reese Taylor sighting finally. Uh, he comes up with a huge interception, and Indiana walks out of College Park with probably the biggest win this season. Um, it wasn't against a great Maryland team, but considering the circumstances around the game, um, that was a massive win, and it sets the table for some big things for this season, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, As I mentioned, the offensive line was dominant on the night. Uh, Stevie Scott had six yards of carry. Even Ramsey had almost six yards of carry. Penix ran the ball well. They were just incredible on the night. The team ran for 189 yards on 30 attempts. Um, Just a really good night from that offensive line. I think Ramsey, um, I'm not sure if he was sacked on the night. One sack. Was hardly ever in under pressure. The much maligned offensive line we've talked about a couple times. They've gone through some injuries. Um, they've shuffled a lot around, but they did the job on Saturday, and they were a big reason why that offense was able to score as much as they did, um, and a reason they were able to survive starting quarterback going out. Which we'll talk a little bit more about Penix in a bit. I mean, at this point, I know a couple people have made the point that it's not great that the guy that we, the the guy that has the potential to be one of the best quarterbacks in IU football history also appears to be made of glass. Um, he's a game time decision this week, which is the fourth time this week or this season. He'll be a game time decision going into kickoff and there's only been seven games. Um, it's not great. It's we're we're lucky to have Ramsey, who I think is a very good backup quarterback. I think, as we've discussed before, there's certain situations, certain teams that he could start for. Um, and even in the certain in the right situation with IU at times, he he looks good. He led an offense that uh, 
for he led an offense for basically three quarters that put up over 500 yards. So he has his moments um, as a backup quarterback. I think he is perfectly fine for Indiana, um, and he's been fine this season. For as much as uh, we've harped on him in the past about he really lowers the ceiling of what this team can be. He's done his job, um, that Ohio State game aside, but as we've seen now, as we have more of a sample size, turns out Ohio State's just really, really good. Um, and that loss doesn't look quite as bad uh, as it once did. So um, Ramsey and the offensive line, both huge positives on the day. For me, one of the biggest negatives, as I mentioned, the defense really struggled. Um 28 points to this Maryland team, 383 yards, almost just shy of 400 yards. Um, This was not a great performance from the defense. Now, that being said, the two biggest drives of the game, the final two drives, they got turnovers on each. They got the turnover um, up three in the fourth, um, about four, four minutes left, I believe, that led to just really uninvented play calling from Indiana. and a, But still, a 34-yard field goal um, to make it to where Maryland has to score a touchdown rather than a field goal, which really changed what they wanted to do offensively. Um, and then that final drive, like we said, Reese Taylor comes up with the interception. Granted, it was more of a gift than a, a takeaway. Um but it's still a turnover. They had two turnovers on the day. They both came in the final six minutes of the fourth quarter, and that's huge. Um, it's a defense that's had its ups and downs, um, but it was down for a lot of a lot of last Saturday. But it uh, it hit the right notes when it needed to, and as a result, Indiana walks out of that game five and two. Um, and really, like I said, sets the table for what could be a really special season. Uh, we keep waiting for IU football to happen. We keep expecting IU football to happen, just the, the demons or the ghosts of the past. And here we are in late October, and this has been the most un-IU football-like season we've had in quite some time. So um, there's still three winnable games and knock on wood, presumably a bowl game left. So nine win Indiana is still on the cards, and that's not even talking about a Michigan game here that um, could be just absolutely huge in a couple weeks. I haven't really talked about that, but uh, Indiana is going to be close to a pick in that game at home against Michigan. I really hope that game, like the Northwestern game, will be... I hope it's at night. Put it under the lights, and I think you could sell that place out. That's going to be an absolutely massive game. We're not going to get that far down the line, though. Um, What we will do right after this break is talk about this upcoming game against Nebraska and some, uh, some stats about bowl eligibility and things like that. So... Take a quick break, and then we will be right back with you to uh, to preview next week. So, as we head into an, <laughs> a wild day that I never thought I'd see, 
where Indiana football be- can become bowl eligible before November, I had to do some research. By my kind of crack research, there have only been three times Indiana has been bowl eligible before uh, before November. I started all the way back at the beginning um, and kind of counted down. So I, I guess in a way this is the five earliest times they've been bowl eligible. Uh, November 11th in 1905, um, that was an eight-win season. November 3rd in 1945 and in 1979. Um, and then the last three are all, like I said, before before November 1967 when we went to the Rose Bowl, started 8-0, uh, bowl eligibility uh, on October 28th, our sixth win. Hypothetical bowl eligibility. Um, 1987, we did it on October 24th. And that was a season where we beat both Ohio State and Michigan. Ohio State was ranked number nine, Michigan number 20. I didn't get a chance to. I wanted to look to see how many times that has happened in uh, in Indiana history indiana football history um and then the earliest we've ever been bowl eligible was 93 we started seven and one and we're bowl eligible by october 23rd if we beat nebraska we would be bowl eligible by october 26th so the third earliest only the fourth time being bowl eligible before november um a couple other interesting kind of facts along with doing that research Indiana's only had two nine-win seasons, um, 1945, and then the year we went to the Rose Bowl, 67, and then they have had five eight-win seasons, 1905, 79, 87, uh, 1988, and then 93, all were eight-win seasons. So Indiana, like I said, has a chance to do something really really special here. Um, if they want to get to that nine win plateau, this is a must win as is next week. Still eight wins. You can afford to win basically two out of Nebraska, Northwestern, Purdue, um, and then hopefully win the bowl game. Um, but regardless, this is a huge step just to even talk about bowl eligibility after two, five and seven seasons. Um, we're presuming that they're not going to lose the last five games, unlike maybe certain uh, bowl projectors that work for CBS Sports. Um, up against this Nebraska team, there is so many question marks. Um, first, before we look at all of the health concerns for both sides, Nebraska comes in ranked 46th in SNP plus. Um, one spot ahead of Maryland and a couple, four spots ahead of Purdue, just to give you kind of an idea where they rank. Um, they have an offense that is a little bit better than Maryland's ranked 44th in S and P Maryland's was 77th. Uh, excuse me, 51st. They were seven spots better. Um, and Michigan's was 52nd, but they're, Defense is a little bit worse than Maryland's was. 61st, three spots worse than uh, Maryland. So this is really a comparable team to the one that they just played in terms of 
how effective the offense and defense is. Um, it's an offense that is kind of built around a mobile quarterback in Adrian Martinez. However, he is questionable, uh, I guess is probably um, the right term to use, game time decision. I know that's what Tom Allen calls Penix just about every week. Um, Martinez was limited a bit in practice, but um, sounded like he practiced on Thursday or excuse me on Wednesday their quarterbacks coach said he looked like his old self but didn't say anything about whether he's going to be the starter the problem is their backup quarterback Noah Vidral also has a leg injury and his participation is also largely an unknown um, in practice this week so there is a possibility they had their third stringer Andrew Bunch, Andrew Bunch, excuse me, play the final few snaps against Minnesota when uh, Vidra went out. However, if neither of them are going to go, Luke McCaffrey, a freshman, not to be confused with Luke Cafferty of Friday Night Lights, uh, Luke McCaffrey would be the guy that they would turn to. If that's the case, this I think turns into almost a must-win for Indiana. Um, these are the types of things that types of breaks Indiana doesn't get or hasn't gotten in the past. And when they have, they haven't taken advantage of them. If Nebraska's trotting out a third string, third string freshman quarterback, Indiana has to win this football game. Um, really changes the dynamic. If they win this game, you're not going to get a better shot, even as bad as Northwestern has been, even as bad as Purdue is or has been, it's kind of a week-to-week thing with him, you're not going to get a better uh, shot at six wins than facing a backup or a third-string freshman quarterback. That being said, if I were to read some of the quotes and kind of make my guess, I would say that Martinez probably is going to play, but he is, a, as I said, a mobile quarterback that has a knee injury. So it's not a guarantee he will... Make it through the whole game. It's not a guarantee that he will look great um, or even be able to move in the whole game. So a couple other things about Nebraska. They uh, give up a lot of sacks. um, I believe second most in the Big Ten and cannot stop the run very well. I would suspect another big game from Stevie Scott, who seems to finally be kind of turning it on the last couple weeks. Um, they, they, as I said, just an offense built around mobility that they won't have. Um, so a lot of this kind of shapes up to good news for Indiana, but it's only good news if they have Michael Penix, um, who, as we discussed and as is discussed about every week with him, will he or won't he, will he be available or won't he? Um, he has practiced all week, Tom Allen revealed on Thursday, and he says it'll be a game time decision. Again, if I'm kind of reading the the tea leaves here, I would say if he's practiced all week, he's probably going to play and Tom Allen is trying to kind of hide his hand as long as he can. If I had to guess, I would say both Penix and Martinez played. 
Um, even then, I would still give the the advantage to Indiana. Um, we saw how good Penix has been uh, all season. How much different that offense is with him in it. Um, it's a really, really good offense with him healthy. So, if if everybody plays, as we usually reference, S&P actually predicts Indiana by 8 points. And as we've said, they don't take into account injuries. So, assuming Martinez and Penix play, this is a pretty good... Uh, predictor for how the game is going to play out. Uh, they predict 34-26 Indiana, 68% chance of Indiana winning, um, over under a 52 and a half. I would, I would, I'd be really interested to know when the last time Indiana was a road favorite this many times, um, because at least they open the week as a road favorite. Depending on where you look. Indiana is as high as a two and a half point underdog now in this game, which I would say if you think Penix will play like I do, um, I would recommend that you consider that, (laughs) that bet because, um, Indiana would be the favorite pretty much by any projection. This is a, a Nebraska team that is not quite like the Nebraska teams of uh, yesteryears. This is not your father's Nebraska. This is a much different team. Um, not nearly as good. And uh, Scott Frost hasn't quite led them back to the promised land like some had hoped. So I would say there's a, a fairly good chance we're looking at bowl-eligible Indiana now, that being said, we talked about it a little last week, and we, I mean, I talked about it at the beginning of this podcast, <laughs> it just feels at some point Indiana is going to do a very Indiana thing, and, or an IU football thing, they're due for one of those frustrating losses, maybe it'll never come, maybe this is just finally the season where everything goes our way, um, and that frustrating loss never comes, but right now they're due... It's tough to keep predicting victories, knowing what Indiana's past is. But just looking on paper, this is a team that is demonstrably better than Nebraska and should win the game if everyone's healthy. I would even argue that if Ramsey is in, this is still pretty close to a toss-up. And considering how well Indiana is playing and how poorly Nebraska is playing... um, that Indiana should probably still be the favorite here. Um, but it's hard It's hard to keep saying that without the caveat of, yeah, but with this team. Nebraska's only Big Ten losses are to Minnesota last week and Ohio State, but they play in the terrible Big Ten division. They beat Illinois by four on the road, and they beat Northwestern by three at home. Um which, again, neither of those teams have been world beaters this year either. So if I had to make a prediction, I would say Indiana wins this game and is bowl eligible. If I had to uh, give a score, I'm assuming Penix is playing, and I will say 38-21 Indiana wins. Um, this offense really clicks under him. So the uh, 
if he's in, I think this offense scores a ton. A um, couple other things before we get out of here. Uh, for those that didn't see on the site, maybe you did. Maybe you haven't been paying attention. NBA got back underway this week. Um, just kind of a real quick, I won't go through everyone, um, preview. There's eight guys uh, in the league this year for IU. Um Eric Gordon with the Rockets is probably your best shot at watching um, a really good team, though the Rockets did lose on their first game of the season on Thursday. Um, Zeller, Cody Zeller and the Hornets played well on their opening night game on Wednesday. Oladipo is going to be out for a while. OG Ananobi, uh, he won. He started for Toronto. He's probably going to start this season. Thomas Bryant and the Wizards. Um, uh, Thomas Bryant's probably the second best player on that terrible Wizards team. Um, so if you really want to watch Thomas Bryant, you can, but that's going to be really bad basketball around him. Everyone else is in kind of backup roles or um, like Oladipo, who is injured. Not going to be a ton of playing time. Um, so yeah, if, if you want to... Nothing going on on a, a weeknight. You can flip on the TV to one of those games and uh, tune in to IU. A couple IU guys still around. Um, our IU soccer weekly little uh, breakdown. They We talked about it last week, how big the Maryland game was and how much we didn't think IU should be worried and... Quite the opposite, they were the ones who uh, uh, tripped up, and they got trounced by Maryland 3-0. Um, it was not a great great night for Maryland, or great night in Maryland, I should say. Um, really struggled, which isn't surprising for a young team, kind of up and down. The good thing was... Uh, after having a kind of a long weekend to think about it, they came back on Tuesday, scored within a minute of their game at home against Evansville, and really kind of destroyed Evansville from the start. Um, the Spencer Glass scored the opener. Bezerra and Palazzolo had first half goals. Um... It was just a dominating performance. They have Rutger up next on the night that you're probably listening to this Friday. If you're not going out to watch uh, high school football or anything, uh, you can stay in, watch them on BTM+. Then they'll be back in action next Tuesday against Ohio State before uh, the final, excuse me, the final Big Ten game of the season regular season at least, against Michigan State. So a couple games left here. Uh, I believe they are still um, atop the Big Ten standings, as we talked about last week. They had some cushion, and Maryland being the team that beat them doesn't really hurt them too much because Maryland was further down in the standings. Um, They're actually right behind Penn State um, with a game in hand. Uh, IU beat Penn State at uh, University Park earlier this season. I used played one less game. So if they went out 
Indiana will still be your Big Ten champions. Um, Michigan State, like I said, is their final game. They're currently in third. Rutgers is in seventh. Ohio State is in eighth. So they'll have two easy, should be easy games um, before a Michigan State game that will determine whether they win the title, share the title, or lose the title, depending on the result and what Penn State does the rest of the way out. So a lot of things still up in the air as they head head into the final stretches. So tune in to them if you haven't already. Um, That'll do it for me this week. I appreciate all of you that stuck it out as I talked to myself for about 30 minutes. Um, We will be back next week, Christian and I both. And like I said, hopefully we're talking about what bowl Indiana will go to. Um, Knock on wood, but to me this feels like the year where things are a little bit different. They've played out differently, um, at least so far, which either means it's a different year or everything's going to go terrible um, the last couple weeks. I guess we'll find out this week which way it is. Like I said at the beginning, if you haven't, subscribe, leave a rating and review. You've been a huge help so far. We really appreciate it. But um, this is Jacob signing off, and I will be back uh, next week to talk to you guys. Have a good one.